Welcome to Two Tipsy Plants, where we drink booze and discuss wine. My name is Sasha. <laughs> That's not how it goes, but okay. Uh, <laughs> My name is Sasha. <laughs> and today we also will talk about the plants. <laughs> um, today our episode will be based on... Sasha, would you mind reminding me about it? <laughs> So in this episode, we will be talking about plants in pop culture, in TVs, in games, in series. Yeah. But obviously, before we start, Sasha, the most important thing, what are we having today? What are we having today? Hmm. Today, you brought an interesting bottle of Trinity Hill Merlot Hawks Bay, because we're still supporting Hawks Bay. Uh, vintage is 2020. Yeah, Merlot is a very easy drink for people who... Honestly, if you don't like wine and you want to start drinking wine, Merlot is very approachable. It's quite fruity. It's, oh, it's very heavy, it, though. It but... is, but it, it depends where it's from. Yeah. All right, let's crack in. That's a big glass. Don't judge me. <laughs> we are recording a bit later during the day today as well, so... I mean, it's 5 p.m. somewhere. Also, it's Saturday, so who cares? Yes. Okay. Let's see what Wine Folly tells about this wine. Ooh. Also, my wine has... Um, a little sprinkle of either wonders or um, seekers hair in it. Sasha oh. has two lovely cats. It's a special um, touch from a host. Yeah. To be honest, I have two cats at home as well, and you just get so used to having fur every freaking way. And your food and your drinks in, in your... Um, yeah. Cracks in your body. <laughs> <laughs> in your everything. Yeah. Merlot. Similar to the previous episode that we have discussed the wine, because it was Cabernet. Cabernet Sauvignon, Merlot, and Malbec blend will be similar notes. Cherry, plum, chocolate, dry herbs, and vanilla. Sasha, what do you taste? Um, honestly, I am so used to Merlot because um, Merlot is my go-to drink. So, I don't know. It's actually a nice Merlot because I usually go for Australian Merlot, not New Zealand Merlot, but that, that's nice. Australian Merlot will be a bit more heavy on alcohols definitely will be a bit yeah it's richer definitely richer. but this is nice i like the, the, the like it smells quite creamy to me yeah vanilla yeah oh i love vanilla <laughs> so yeah one of our listeners subscribers followers <laughs> have advised us to let us uh, let you guys know what kind of food it actually pairs with as well sometimes I know that the person have mentioned that it should be paired with edible plants, but I'm sorry, edible plants episode was already gone. Well, I mean, if you think about it, you could think about not plants per se, but like vegetables, which is a plant as well that you can pair it with. Yeah. I honestly feel like this would go with... Eggplant. <laughs> yes, the first thing that popped into my mind was um, a buttered zucchini or mm. eggplant, like because they are very similar. Yeah. yeah. Otherwise, pork shoulder, roasted mushrooms, braised short ribs. Yes. Yeah. Mushrooms. Mm. With a beautiful chimichurri sauce. Yes. All right. That is the wine pairings. Let me just taste it. Oh, haven't you tasted it yet? It's lovely. It's like, you know, on a drier side, like it has a bit of dryness to it. Like, mm. like 
uh, spiciness. Yeah, but it's not like, very... It isn't a spice. Like yeah. cinnamon. You know, like if you have like a mouthful of cinnamon, how it dries your mouth sometimes? <laughs> oh, yes, I do. Yes, because we did. When we were young and stupid, we did cinnamon challenge and that was I fun. think we did it wrong though, but we've done a really funny well, video. I definitely did it wrong. Everybody else was correct. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, because you're not a big fan of Merlot, aren't you? True and untrue. I like Merlot for the flavor, but it is a boring wine. <laughs> it is, hence I um, go for it, because it's very difficult to get a wrong Merlot. So if you want just, if, literally, you know, it's Friday, you don't want to go out, but you still want to get pissed, um, you get yourself a bottle of Merlot, somewhere around 12 to 15 bucks a bottle, um, get yourself some ice cream, put on your favorite TV show, or um, in my case, I usually play video games, and yeah, that's my Friday. Perfect yeah, it Friday. It is very hard to screw up the Merlot. Yeah. All right. So let's start with our episode. Sasha, will you hit it off? How do you want to go about it? Because mine are, I know yours are mostly the plants from Harry Potter. Shh, spoilers. My plants are from different, different universes. Yes. So, if you want, I can start with mine, and then you we can go one by one, yeah. as we usually do. Okay. So, I've got a couple plants from um, the Hunger Games. Ooh. When was the last time you saw the show? Well, shit. That would be probably at least seven years ago. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. But the first thing that comes to my mind when you say plants from Hunger Games is the berries that they were trying to eat so that's one of the things yes but um we will start with the actual name of the main character katniss katniss everdeen did you know that katniss is actually a plant did you know that tetanus is actually a condition no katniss i know <laughs> that um, was me trying to be funny i'm sorry yes yeah, i'll has, work on that sasha has a unique sense of humor it's called daddy's sense of humor <laughs> um Anyway, yeah, so Katniss is actually a real plant. It is a plant that grows in the water. The Latin name for its genus is Sagittaria, which is, you know, the Sagittarius, the zodiac yeah. sign. That also means, well, the name derives from the shape of the leaf because it looks like an arrow. So, Fun. yeah, so it, it is also known as an arrowhead. So it was very well suited for the name and very thought through. Because the main character, she's like a survivor, you know, she just freaking piddles through all the obstacles that she has. Um, her name is inspired by this plant because apparently that plant is a stubborn plant and it's very difficult to kill it. Perfect choice of name. Yeah. But then if we go to the berries as well. So what do you think the berries are? What do you mean? The berries that they were trying to eat. Ah, okay. Those um, either nightshade or belladonna... Just just a quick reminder to um, if you've forgotten where the berries appeared. So when Katniss and Peter decided to stay alive together, yeah. the berries first appeared when they were hunting and they got separated for a bit and then the cannon sounded and um, Katniss got scared that it was Peter. So she started looking for him and he had the berries in his hand, but he was alive. So she was like, oh no, that's Nightlock. Like it will kill you in, in, in a second. And then they found another um, candidate, I can't remember the name of the candidate, who clearly have eaten some of those mm. berries, and she had berries in her hand. So they've actually saved those berries. Well, Katniss did save the berries. And then, yeah, so and fast just, forward, yeah. two of them left, and then they said that, no, we can only have one victor. 
So they had to kill each other. Yeah. One had to, to kill fight. another. They refused to fight and they've decided to eat the berries. Um, but then while they were about to eat the berries, both of them, the game stopped and they said, oh, we have two victors now. Yeah. So, and then five more movies after that. Yeah. <laughs> so Nightlock, apparently it is possibly a mixture of both Nightshade and Hemlock. Oh. Yeah. So they've created their own plant, but it is inspired by Nightshade and Hemlock, hence Nightlock. Yeah. Which, which is quite interesting. It's quite interesting. Mm. Plus, as far as I remember, Hunger Games has a lot of, like, not genetically modified items in there, but some crazy stuff. I honestly can't remember. I actually had to re-watch some of the clips on YouTube just to <laughs> remind myself where that plant was. Yeah. Yeah. That is definitely a fun detail. Yeah. Well, do you know what's interesting as well? Um, when you, If you try to Google plants in pop culture... It's not that easy to find them, so I actually had to kind of think about where I saw the plants. Well, except is... for the Harry Potter ones. Harry it... Potter ones just they appear everywhere. <laughs> I mean, it is it is a very niche topic, I would say. Yeah, but also quite a few plants appear in the series. Yeah, but um, talking of Harry Potter, take it away. All right. I was thinking maybe I'll start with Monstera, but it's fine. We can finish on Monstera. Let's do Harry Potter. Do you want to talk about the plants in Harry Potter that are real or that are not real? Or should I actually ask you if you think that they are real or not real? Yeah, go for it. I, I specifically did not read on any plants just because I knew that you will be covering them. So I've decided not to even have a sneak peek. Because mm -hmm. um, for those, actually, we did have that um, question on our Instagram our podcast is not scripted. So what we do, what Sasha and I um, do, we select a topic which is you know plants in pop culture games and movies and we do our own research we usually sometimes indicate the areas that we are covering just so we don't double up because sometimes we do um and then yeah we just discuss it during our podcast so um yeah i just knew that you will, will be talking about harry potter plants so um i will start this plant with a quote from harry potter hmm? potter what are you doing here um I'm in your class, Professor Snape. Obviously. What is the difference, Potter, between the monkshood and Wolfsbane? <laughs> and then Hermione's like reaching your, throwing your hand in the air, trying to answer it. I honestly can't remember. Yeah. So yeah. what is the difference between the Wolfsbane and the monkshood? So I know that Wolfsbane is real. It's, it is a real plant. But the other one, I'm not sure if it's real or not. So, because Snape is such an asshole, it was a trick question because it is the same plant. Oh, that's right. Uh, so, just, so, just two different names for one plant. Yes. Yeah. So, Monkshood, Wolfsbane, or Econite, same plant. Mm -hmm. The real life poison, it's a real plant. It's poisonous and it's mentioned in series so many times. It's not only mentioned in Harry Potter, it's been like in other series. Oh, it will be like in every. Yeah. Every series, any like just because of the name of Wolfsbane, it's going to be in everything that has lycanthropy or anything that has like werewolves. werewolves yeah. yeah, but yeah, turn to page three hundred ninety-four, <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, if you turn to page three hundred ninety-four, it will speak of Econite, which is the same thing. So but that's from different different. Uh, so the first uh, quotation was from the first movie slash book yeah the second quotation about turning the page 
third book when he was trying to hint to everybody about Professor Lupin being a werewolf and how to identify yeah. a werewolf. And obviously Hermione being so clever, she got it. Yeah. So Wolfsbane, the, I'm assuming the real life plant, uh, the, the plant in real life is poisonous as well, isn't yeah. it? Uh, Aconite, Wolfsbane and Monkhood, same plant, just three different names. Highly poisonous and toxic and be careful. Is that a tree? No. I think it's a bush. I can't remember. I can't but, remember, but I have a feeling that it's a tree, but okay, don't quote us on that, please. No, wait, sure. I, I think it's an herb. Okay, cool. That's nice. My next plant is from... Or do you want to cover another one? No, you no. Will. My next plant is from Game of Thrones. Mm. It's quite a niche... I can't even remember what episode it's from, but it's quite a um, small scene in the whole series, but why I found it quite interesting. So... Do you remember, Do you remember? Dario, Dario and Harris? I can't remember the names of the characters. So he's from the Slaver's Bay in Essos. So he was trying to present flowers to Daenerys. Um, and uh-huh. she she got quite angry at him because he was um, he had like a bouquet, behind, well, a small bouquet behind his back. And he was like, this is a blue... Blue rose, I can't remember the name of the flower. And this is that flower, and this is that flower. So she got quite angry. She's like, are you trying to woo me? And then he was just saying that you can make a tea out of this blue rose, but you can't make tea out of this plant, let's say. So he was just trying to explain that if you want your to be a queen in this area, you need to know this area. So one of the plants was called Harpy's Gold. And Harpy's gold was um, like a poisonous plant. So he was saying that out of this rose, you can make a tea, but no tea out of this one because it has poisonous. And do they look similar? They don't. But the plant itself, it looks a little bit alien. But I'll show you a picture of it. I don't know if you can see. I can't zoom in. But that's the picture of it. And it is a real life plant. Yeah. So the plant that he... Um, that they used for the Harpy's Gold flower is actually a Leucospermum, which is a real-life plant. It is from South Africa. It does look quite interesting and fantastic, like from fantasy. Don't forget to post it on Instagram so our subscribers can actually see it. Yes, and I will also post all of my notes on um, our Reddit page as well. Yeah, and I found it quite interesting because uh, those plants like Proteus and Leucospermums and Leucodendrons, they look quite alien, but at the same time, they look quite, you know, fantasy-inspired. So they've used that plant. Yeah, and I found it quite interesting. But it is a real-life plant, Leucospermum, um, that is also known as nodding pincushion. All right. Hmm. Okay, I will try to see, test your ability for identifying the plants and knowing the plants. Okay. For a dendron or Loran... Uh, say yeah, 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 species. Say what? <laughs> Either for for a dendron, for a dendron, or Loran Yeah, but what am I identifying? What is the uh, common name for those plants? Ah, oh, common name for those plants from Harry Potter. No, uh, it's a hint. It's a re- it's a real plant. I don't know mandrake. No, <laughs> that's a um. It's fine. I'm just being an asshole. It's a mistletoe. Ah, <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Why there are different names? Because one of them is American mistletoe and the other one is Australian mistletoe. But all of them are a B-I-T-C-H. Mistletoe has a long and fascinating history in mythology and folklore. 
in many cultures, mistletoe was considered a sacred plant with powerful and healing properties, and was used in various rituals and ceremonies. In Harry Potter, if you remember, mistletoe was... It appeared in the Room of Requirements, yes, when um, um, Cho and Harry oh. were about to kiss. Yeah, yes. pervy, sentient room. <laughs> yeah, it's funny because mistletoe is also quite a it's a strangler plant it can actually strangle other plants and trees and stuff so it's funny how sometimes people find something romantic in plants that are actually quite a menace yeah oh fun fact mistletoe berries are another ingredient mentioned in harry potter books specifically in the portion of felix felicis oh yeah do you remember what is felix felicis yes it's the lucky lucky liquid luck liquid luck there you go I know Harry Potter from back to front a hundred times, so uh, yes, I know. <laughs> also, speaking of um, the names that are inspired by the plants as well, there was Narcissa, 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 Narcissa um, Malfoy. Malfoy, yeah, and that's probably also from Narcissus the plant. Narcissus is a genus of flowering plants in the Amaryllidaceae family that includes various species, such as Narcissus poeticus commonly known as the poet daffodil. Mm. The name Narcissus is derived from Greek as Narcissus, which means numbness and sleep. Mm. And we've actually covered it in our previous episode. Mm-hmm. We did talk about Narcissus um, yep. in the year before. So, yeah, yeah, over go. there we have talked about Narcissism, like as a Narcissus, as the guy who was self-obsessed. Yeah. Whereas this one, at least this source of information, implies that Narcissus has the name root as narcosis like narcotic sort of as in numbness sleep drowsy yeah interesting Hmm. that's cool go okay my next plant actually appears in quite a number of different um worlds fantasy worlds um but the two the two that i've chosen are the skyrim and dungeons and dragons believe it or not the movie or the well the whole forgotten realms yeah. So, Dragon's Tongue. Do you think it's real or not? Well, judging by how you are looking at me, it's probably real. Well, there is a Dragon's Tongue that is a real plant, but it looks nothing like the magical plants from both Skyrim and D&D. The real-life plant is actually... Um, it is a house plant in New Zealand. So, it's like green, wavy leaves with purple underlay. I personally don't really like the way it looks. It just looks like grass. It is grass. Isn't it uh, Tillensia? No, that's a hemigraphus? Hemigraphus? It looks like an outdoor flex that you would... Hemigraphus rapanda. Dragon's tongue. Okay. Yeah, but the dragon's tongue in Skyrim and D&D kind of looks like that. Nothing. Yeah, so it's completely different. Like, the one from Skyrim kind of looks like an orchid sort of shaped flower on a stem growing from the ground. It is used in the game. It is used... If I'm not wrong, to uh, buff your fire illusion spells, I think. Fire illusion spells. Uh, yeah. Fire slash illusion spells. Yeah. And in D&D, it is used to deal fire damage. Like you cook it first and then um, you cook it for 1d4 hours and the spicy pepper deals 2d8 fire damage to the creature that eats it and gives them one free first level casting of burning hands. Ooh. Yeah, you might want to use that for your character. <laughs> Thank you for giving me a heads up about that. <laughs> so, but also, hmm, no, no wonder 
dragon's tongue, burning hands. Yeah. So, yeah, um, I couldn't find whether it was inspired by a real-life plant or not, but then I had thought, what if those plants that, you know, have fiery leaves are actually inspired by New Zealand's very own horopito, the pepper tree, mm. Pseudo, Pseudowintera colorata? Because um, it's, it's a native plant that grows in New Zealand, and if you actually nibble on the leaf, it, it is quite peppery, and you can cook with it as well. So I did wonder if that was inspired by that, but... Mm. My train of thought went completely wrong direction okay. with the dra- dragon's tongue. Yeah. Dra- dragon's tongue and burning hands because it could be inspired by just a chili pepper and somebody was just like preparing or <laughs> cooking with it and then why it's burning hands because you were not supposed to touch things that you touched after chili. Oh my God. Like if Daria, if you are listening to our podcast, um, I grow my own peppers at home. So I have habanero, I have brown ghost, and I have, um, I think, bird's eye as well. So I... I remember the story, I think. Yeah, I use this chopping board because we have like four different chopping boards. So one's for veggies, one's for fish, and so on. I use this chopping board for veggies um, to cut the... I can't remember if it was the ghost or the habanero. I cut it, I washed it, and then... I washed it again, and then Daria came over, and she um, brought a... Watermelon. Watermelon, yeah, and she used the same chopping board, and the freaking watermelon was hot. So I've washed it again, and I don't know how many washes it took to actually wash out that pepper from the board, but uh, maybe <laughs> 10? So, um, yeah, I should have, like, a separate one for my hot peppers, because I love hot food. I cast burning board. <laughs> <laughs> it deals, um, I don't know. 1d4 damage. Mm. Roll initiative. <laughs> yep. Um, yeah, so that's me. Alrighty. The next plant will be Valerian root. Well, it is, obviously. Okay, we are from, like, the Slavic part of Europe, right? And I think that Valerian root is, like, one of the plants. staples. It's always in our first aid kit. Yeah, so yes, Valerian root is real. But I can't remember what it's been used for in... Um, Coming... Yeah, well, well, but what is it used in oh. Harry Potter for? Um, funny enough, drafts of living death potion. So super calming. <laughs> okay, too, too much calming. Yes. It's a real plant and is also mentioned in Harry Potter books as an ingredient in draft of living death. It is a perennial herb that is native to Europe and Asia. And it has a long history of use in traditional medicine as a natural remedy for anxiety, insomnia, and similar conditions. Well, I can vouch for it that it does work. Like, if you feel anxious or if you can't fall asleep, a couple of pills of uh, valerian root extract and there you yeah. go. Sweet you dreams. Go to your native apoca- local apothecary and ask about. Yeah, but you can also get like those easy sleep um, pills from the chemist. Um, sort of sleep support, which has passion flower in it and um, valerian. This is actually a topic that we were thinking about discussing with you as well. Yeah. The plants and their medicinal uses. uses. Essentially, homeopathy and the plants. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, stay tuned for that. <laughs> hmm. Let's go. Okay. My next plant, um, I'm sort of switching on to the Lord of the Rings. The very New Zealand sort of universe just because it was filmed in here but are you familiar with lord of the rings i know you're not a, like a very big I'm not fan the of it biggest 
fan of it, but I've seen it. Have you seen The Hobbit as well? Yes. Like, I absolutely love Lord of the Rings universe as well. I'm, I'm just a geek. Actually, both of Hobbit. us are geeks. I think I prefer Hobbit, though, over The Lord of the Rings. It's just a better production, I think. Well, obviously, because it was actually made And now um, people are going to just stone me for that. Do you know what a pipe weed is? Is it for smoking? Is it tobacco? Well, so there is a debate, right? If it's a tobacco, Nicotiana, or whether it's actually a marijuana. Um, and Tolkien himself, or... Or it could be... Here's a third debate. It could... What is that? Opium. Oh, I doubt it is. So, um, Tolkien himself said that it's not um, weed. It actually is tobacco. But it is obviously a special tobacco from that universe that was specifically smoked by um, Hobbits of the Shire. Oh. So that's why you see, you know, when, when you watch Hobbit, the Hobbit, Bilbo always smoked that tobacco. Mm. And then you also see Gandalf smoking um, the yeah, pipe weed. Yeah, so Gandalf actually learned to smoke pipe weed from the Hobbits. Yeah. But also, um, what I found quite interesting as well is that there are a lot of plants in Lord of the Rings um, universe, but most of them are not real plants. They are fantasy plants. But what I found as well is that some of the names of the people and characters from Lord of the Rings are actually inspired by plants in real life. So Hobbits of the Bree, or people of the Bree, most of their names are actually inspired by plants. So for example, Barleyman Butterbur, his first name, Barleyman, um, is inspired by barley, which is main ingredient of mm. um, for the beer, right? And Butterbur is actually a real life plant, which is a large stout wayside herb of northwestern Europe. And there are a couple of other plant-based surnames in Brie, included Fernie, Goatleaf, Heathertoes, Rushlight, Thistlewool, and Mugwort. Hmm. Shall we also address that their village name is Brie? <laughs> Brie the cheese? Yes. <laughs> yeah, they... they... Mm, did they have wine in there? They probably should have wine in there. They should, they should have a charcuterie board. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. All right. Um, asphodius. Do we know what is asphodius? Mm -mm. Onion leaf asphodel, also known as onion weed. Mm -hmm. uh, it is a plant that is mentioned in Harry Potter books. In books, it is mentioned as ingredient for the draft of the living death. There will Again? Be, yes, there will be a lot of ingredients. Like, apparently, out of all the plants, all the potions and recipes, you definitely have the most of the ingredients mentioned for the potion of living death. Was the potion of living death ever used in the movie? No, uh, I mean, it was taught once by the slug, Slughorn? Slugwort. Slughorn. Slughorn. Uh, it is a powerful potion that induces deep coma. Nice. Hmm. So I guess the onion weed, the, you know, the potion of death, um, you eat a lot of onions and then you breathe on someone. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. In Greek mythology, Asphodel was associated with the afterlife and was often planted on graves. Oh, so interesting. So they've actually taken that aspect of the plant, the mythology behind mm. the plant, and then used it as a thing because, you know, it's, it's the afterlife and then they used it as a potion of death the draft of death ingredient. That's interesting. Another interesting fact, 
It actually says that the plant was believed to have healing properties and was used in traditional medicine to treat a variety of ailments, including respiratory problems and digestive issues. <laughs> so I guess the logic behind it was, okay, we'll use it on you. If it helps, good. If it doesn't, bye-bye, go to afterlife. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's how Neanderthals have discovered, okay, this plant is edible because <laughs> you're still alive. You may shit a little, but still alive. <laughs> uh, yeah. My turn? Yes. So the next one that I have, and um, I think we've actually talked about it with you before, is um, the infamous Wednesday Adams, the series that we recently released. So in Wednesday, when Morticia was accused of being... Okay, sorry, spoilers here. If you haven't watched it, please don't listen for too... Um, us talk about it for the next like five minutes also a side note if you are listening to us you're probably a geek and if you're a geek what are you doing here like go and watch it already <laughs> it is a good series though i really enjoyed it anyway so when morticia was accused by um the officer for killing the her lover i can't remember his name now um, uh, the guy who was obsessed with her rather than a lover yeah, he was obsessed with her, that's right. So she was accused for killing him, but actually what happened is he had nightshade poisoning and he he was he sort of went Delirious. feral. Yeah. And he attacked her and her and Gomez, yes. And he fell off the roof, pretty much. So the way they found out about the poisoning, right, is they actually dug up the grave of the person who was killed mm -hmm. and they kept his finger well wednesday kept kept his finger and the finger had bluish tint on it and that's mm. how they sort of deducted that it is nitrate poisoning so the deadly nitrate from real life it is a poisonous plant but, but it doesn't do that no Complete bullshit no it won't give you the blue fingers although i can't it looked quite blue in the in the series but like if you think about it if the body had very little oxygen in it you you would your, your fingertips would turn blue um but yeah it's not it's not a typical sort of thing to have if you have nightshade but poisoning. But also it was like a very neon blue, so I don't think it's... Yeah, well, yeah, it was almost glowing, wasn't it? Yeah. But yeah, it is a real-life plant. Um, it's just not as poisonous as it is in the in the series. And also, I think you need to consume it rather than... Because what happened to that guy, he had like a little uh, vial of it in his pocket and then it crashed and then it sort of got yeah. absorbed through his skin. skin. Yeah. I think you'll have just like a very serious reaction to it yeah i think that's about it of course that's a fictional thing mm. and also the nitrate poisoning usually takes like hours maybe before it kicks in well depending on the amount of um, nitrate that you consume as in every poison yeah but in the series it was like the matter of seconds a few, a few seconds yeah but yeah it's essentially a little nod towards our episodes that we had at uh what doesn't kill you makes you eat it mm. Uh, because we have discussed nightshade in there as well. Mm. Yeah, because there are edible nightshades also, like tomatoes, tomatoes are also edible nightshades. Also, the varieties of a deadly nightshade, yeah. which is uh, there are edible ones. Yeah. Please don't eat them, Please though. don't eat them. Uh, it's very hard to differentiate mm. which one is edible and which one is not. Mm. Okay, Sasha, wormwood, real or not? Wormwood, as in warm. As in a wormy worm. I would say it is real. I don't know why, but I think it is real, because it, it just rings a bell. Is real? Rings a bell? I'll stop. Rings a glass? It's fine. <laughs> I go home. <laughs> you are home. <laughs> um, wormwood is a plant, yeah. and it's real. 
yeah. that is mentioned several times in Harry Potter books. It is a bitter-tasting herb that is used in the brewing of various magical potions. And, spoiler alert, it is also used in brewing of a lot of liquors in real life, which is going to be discussed later on in our episodes. Okay, interesting, interesting. It is mentioned as ingredient in a polyjuice potion. Ah. Mm-hmm. Which allows the drinkers to take on the appearance of someone else. That's just in case if you have no idea what is a polyjuice yep. potion. Also, it is a part of a... What potion, Sash? What is the potion that we have been talking for the past several... Oh, the, the drought of death? Yeah, drought of living death. Oh, for fuck's sake. Oh my gosh. And Everything is like... Yes. Oh, I, I think you just mix everything, like all the plants from Harry Potter, and then there you go, you have the drought of death. Well, if you want to die, just go into the whooping willow and that's it. Oh, all that, yeah. Um, yeah. Do you know why the the like going a bit off topic here? But do you know um, what is the story behind the Whomping Willow? Okay, so you do have it in your list. Mm. Okay, okay. Uh, also, just a scientific name for the wormwood is Artemisia absinthum. Ah, absinthum. Absinthum. Mm, wink, wink, hint, hint. Absinthe. Mm. It is a native to Europe and is often used in the production of absinthe, okay. a strong alcoholic drink that was popular in 19th century. Still popular. Yeah. <laughs> uh, also used in medicine for mm. digestion. Interesting. So, speaking of bumping willows, um, <laughs> Sasha just did. <laughs> just like with a pedal on a bike. Yep. Um, my next topic is not really the plants that are sort of real in real fantasy plants that are real in real life but i just wanted to discuss the fact that a lot of plants there there are a lot of trees in fantasy and pop culture if you think about it like you go to yggdrasil in every yggdrasil yeah that's actually the first one on my um list like yggdrasil um which is the tree that is like a a sacred tree in norse tree of creation cosmology the tree of creation, but also like let's say in Thor, um, it is actually like a cosmic clump where it kind of looks like a tree, and all the nine realms are interwined. It is also quite a major part of God of War game, where um, Yggdrasil is used to sort of travel between different um, different realms as well. And what I found interesting about those two particular oh well, sorry also and another one is the tree of souls in Avatar. Ah, which is Awa. yes, which is again, it's another tree that sort of connects you to everything within everything living. So that was one aspect of it that the trees are that like they are intertwining different things together, which I found quite cool because it is related to real life as well. Because you know how we use, let's say, there is a family tree which kind of interwines everyone into one family. Um, trees are used in a lot of like uh, spiritual. Yeah. healing sort of processes but also another thing which is related to your bumping willow as well is the tree trees are symbol of power in a lot of movies and games uh Groot let's say yes yeah so he is his his scientific name scientific I'm doing air quotes here is flora colossus from planet x flora colossus just because big flower yeah <laughs> <laughs> No, not actually. Not flora is actually is a plant. Mm. Again, hint to one of our other ideas is actually deciphering Latin names of different plants. But yeah. Well, it's kind of cheating if you have been doing a bit of Latin prior. 
yeah, but still, it would be cool to just see how a specific plant, because it's described that way, whether it's, its name is actually true to what it is. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, like uh, the Groot, you know, the powerful creature um, that kind of have has this regenerative healing factor, is superhuman. Superhuman. What the fuck? <laughs> He's very funny. Have you seen the baby Groot episodes? Do five you, minutes once? Do you know that baby Groot is actually not the original Groot? What do you uh, mean? The baby Groot. Oh, yeah, he's a sprout. He's... He's... Well, he was grown from a splinter, but it's not the original Groot. It's actually his baby, call it that way. It's it's a, it's a Groot, Groot 2. But it's essentially going to be... I would consider it being Groot just because it will be the same genetic material. Well, you have similar genetic material to your parents as well. No, similar, but not the same. But also, yeah, but again, you don't know it because it's, it's, I mean, come on, it's Marvel Universe. <laughs> yes, but also twin, uh, like identical twins, they have a similar gene, uh, DNA, so. Yeah, well, it's just like, because I, I was reading about it and that's something that I randomly found. Or like the ends from um, Lord of the Rings, the um, the, mess, the massive trees. Uh, yes. Yeah. Um, Not A-N-T-S. No, E-N-T-S. Yeah. Yes, they were, you know, the, the, the powerful creatures, again, undead as well, like they can't, or not undead immortal they immortal. can't die yeah so yeah i just found it really cool i mean they can die they can be burned they just, they're immortal immortal until they killed yeah or like malorn from um lord of the rings as well in lothlorien the massive trees that were a part of the city itself a part of lothlorien um yeah but take it away with the whomping willow because I'd, I'd like to hear about that as well <laughs> <laughs> uh, Whomping Willow, a magical tree that attracts anything that comes too close. Mm. I'm sorry, not attracts. I'm an idiot. Attacks, because it is a bit of a bitch. There is no direct real-life counterpart to Whomping Willow, of course, but it was inspired by actual willows. It does look like an actual willow. And I would say that, like... In it is the, an actual willow. Yeah, in the wind, the willow can kind of become a Whomping Willow as well. Several times I've been kayaking on in Hegley Park through mm. the willows, I can't agree. It did hit me several times when I got distracted. Yeah. Do you know the story about the Whomping Willow? Do you know? Because it wasn't covered in the movies. It was actually covered in the books. Do you know why the Whomping Willow is there? Mm, it was protecting the entrance. Yeah, but why? Why was it protecting the entrance? No. So the Shrieking Shrek. Shrieking Shrek. <laughs> Shrieking Shrek. <laughs> Get out of my swamp. <laughs> So when James Potter, Sirius, and um, Lupin were... Ooh, more wine. Seriously. Yes. Uh, when they were in Hogwarts, I am not 100% sure on that, but I think it was Dumbledore who actually decided that Lupin should have an opportunity because he was werewolf. He was bit by a werewolf at young age. Um, he should be allowed to study in Hogwarts as well. But obviously, when um, the full moon appears, he turns into a werewolf. He turns into, you know, the wolf. So what they've done is they've created the passageway to the Shrieking Shrek. So he can actually go there when before he turns and spend um, the night there. Do you know how it was howling? Yeah. So that was actually Lupin howling in the Shrieking Shrek. Oh. And the Whomping Willow was planted... Um, at the entrance as of the guardian. tunnel as a guardian so that uh, for, for safety of other people so that nobody takes that tunnel to go there while Lupin was there. But yeah. yeah. That's also, why I freaking love the books like 
so many things were just missed out from the movies. Yeah. Also, can you imagine just like not knowing that the Whomping Willow is like, is it actual Willow in front of you or Whomping Willow? And you're just passing by and then you are dead. Yep, and it's like, boom, gone. Yeah. Um, Devil Snare, real or unreal? I'm pretty sure it's unreal, but I do think it is inspired by a real life plant. Ivy. <laughs> it is. It is. That's, that's what I'm actually wanting to cover. Yeah. It is a magical plant that has vines that essentially just constrict you and kill you. Well, um, they, they suffocate but, you, don't yeah. they? Mm. Devil's Snare could be inspired by real life plants, like a, any strangler plant, actually. It can be a jasmine, a fig, or ivy. I guess the only difference with a real life plant is the light won't get rid of it. Because, like, you know, um, the... Okay, actually, I'm not 100% sure whether that was covered in the movies, but um, in Hogwarts Legacy, the game, you uh, you use Lumos to um, get rid of the um, Devil's Snare. Like, you just Lumos and you oh. walk past it and it, it, no, it moves. No, uh, what Hermione used in the movie was Solar Solaire. So it was actual sunlight rather than Lumos, which is just light. Yeah, well, I guess I, I guess they used Lumos in the in the game. Yeah. As a source of light. Mm. Okay, I have one last plant on my list. Not quite a plant, but I think you have some notes to add to it as well. Because you've watched the show, and I think half the world, or maybe even more than that, have watched The Last of Us. The Last of Who? <laughs> You're funny! <laughs> <laughs> have you actually played the game? I've watched the game. Because at that point of time, I was not really that available. So it was easier to watch the game. Mm. It's actually a beautiful game. It's difficult. Well, I find it difficult. Um, and also a bit creepy with like all the, not zombies, but you know, the, the infected running after you. But um, Cordyceps. Yeah, what do you think of that? It is a real, and I know exactly what it is. You just said Cordyceps, and I know that it's exactly what it is. It's a mushroom that... It's a fungi. It's a fungi that grows on dead animal, dead animals, particularly on on ants. So, not quite. So, firstly, cordyceps, there are actually edible cordyceps as well. Ah, so it's a variety of... It's a, variety, it is a, it's a genus. genus. Yeah. So, a lot of them are actually edible. Most of them are actually edible. Um, in Asia, it is used in the fruiting body of the fungi like the mushroom, is actually used in chicken soup, believe it or not. Um, but there is a bit of a misconception. So the the virus that we are talking about, the zombie ant fungus, that is the, the, the actual name of the fungi that affects um, the brain's, well, the whatever is in ant's head. I don't know if it's a brain or not. Uh, sorry. is called um, Ophiocordyceps, actually. Wow. So it is a slightly different species. But it is still a fungi that does affect ants. And it what it does, it will grow into the ant's um, brain. And it will make the ant to leave its colony and then find like a moist, warm place where it can multiply the yeah. cordyceps. Basically the best, the most favorable, favorable spot for the plant. Yeah. Um, and I started reading about... Well, no, not particularly fungi, but just the cordyceps and whether it is um, real to be infected by that virus, the cordyceps there, virus. There is... was uh, recently an article about the guy who got infected by cordyceps. I don't think it was cordyceps. It's, it was some other fungal disease, I think. 
fungi, not fungal, but fungi disease, like not disease per se. Fungal, fungal is a description of fungi. Well, yeah, but when when usually people talk about fungal disease, they think of something like athlete's feet. Yeah, but well, because it is a fungal disease, yeah. and cordyceps is still a fungal disease. It's just yeah. a different type of it, obviously. But I I know what you're talking about, but I have yeah, a feeling it, it was something else. Yeah, it was something else. It, it was more described, like, not about the severity of it, but, like, how it expresses itself, I guess. Potentially, yeah. Um, if you know what I mean. Like, followers, if you know what I mean. Mm. I don't know. I don't know what I mean, but it's fine. Yeah, and um, I started reading about it, and... The actual fungus can't infect humans because humans' body temperature is too hot for it. But then you think about the series itself, and in the beginning they explained that the fungus actually adapted to the warming climate, so it started growing in warmer temperatures. So hence it became possible. Able. Yeah, it became able to infect humans and do what it does to the ants. Which, but, yeah, also to consider the fact that, yes, it grows in th- tropical areas and it infects ants and the temperature over there will be probably the ambient temperature on a regular basis, like 25, 28. Yeah, but it's different from a body temperature still. Yeah. Because your body temperature... Body temperature is 36, 37. Yeah. So I don't see that happening anytime soon. It will take a bit of time to jump 10 degrees. Well, I can't remember the time frame actually when when that happens happened in um, the Last of Us, like what year it was. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it is. I guess it could be possible in the future. It could be, but yeah, all the science says that it's not possible. Mm. All right, Sasha, mandrake. Yes, I was waiting for it. Mm-hmm. I know that it is real, but I don't know what the real plant does. And I don't know if it's the root as well. All right. I will read a little bit. Mm-hmm. A magic mandrake. It is a magical plant with a human-like root that produces a cry that can be fatal to those who hear it. Mandrake is based on a real-life mandrake plant, mandragora species, which has roots that sometimes resemble a human figure. In folklore, mandrake roots were believed to scream when pulled from the ground, causing madness and or death. Oh, so they used mythology again. Mm-hmm. Mm. Do you remember where else there was a mandrake in recent shows that were released? It was related to magic as well. I can I can give you a hint. Ah, uh, mythology, yes. No. No? Um, Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. Do you remember oh, sorry, that... shows, not our episodes. No, no, I mean shows. Um, do you remember she created like a doppelganger out of yes. mandrake? Yeah, which is quite interesting because again, it's the fact that mandrakes resemble humans, and then you kind of use the mandrake to actually create a, a doppelganger of yourself. Um, yeah, which I found quite interesting because I completely forgot about it, and then I was like, ah, oh, were there any notable plants in Sabrina? And um, yeah, the mandrake. Hmm. Mandrake plant, Mandragora officinarum. Is a real plant that is native to Mediterranean region and has been used for medicinal and ritual purposes for centuries. The plant has a large fleshy root that can resemble human figure, and it was believed that the plant possesses magical power because possesses magical power because of this resemblance. Mm, that's really cool. Is is that all that we have today? I think that's about it. You wanted to cover monsters as well. I will cover it. Uh, yeah, what uh, was it your last plant? Yeah, that was my last plant, yes. That well, right. cordyceps not really a plant, but I thought I'll um, throw I mean, a bit of caveat about it because 
everybody loved um well i i personally loved um the last of us yeah i kind of had to grow to um to like it or to, to like the actress for to bella ramsey's um ellie not because like i know that a lot of people got angry that she doesn't really resemble ellie which is a stupid thing because yeah um although um uh, pedro pascal did look like joel quite a bit but I don't know, I just, at first, like, her acting wasn't quite there, but then I grew to love her acting, actually, because she started actually acting like Ellie from the series as well, uh, from the game, I mean, as well, mm. yeah. Yeah. I have written an article um, on Monsteris in one of the magazines, mm-hmm. and it was quite popular. Well, not, oh my gosh, toot my own horn. Uh, it's, it, it was a... Um, I'm just happy that it was published. Yeah, but it's it's a magazine that is kind of targeted towards gay men, is that correct? Gay men, gay audience. Yeah. I actually had a blouse through it. Um, yeah, it looks interesting how like they use plants to cover... It's a bit spicy. It is spicy, yeah. Uh, yeah. Someone's... Why I wanted to cover it is because Monstera had a great influence on different spheres of life. Mm. And it all began like in 1800s when... Plants from um, South America started to be introduced into Europe as the house plant, and botanic gardens started to develop. Yeah, it's just that Monstera covered a lot of different industries. For mm. example, fashion, it is used in every print, it's on every shirt, on every hat. I have a hat with Monstera printed. Mm. There's something about the leaf, right? Just because it's so like serrated and it's it's just because it's big, beautiful, shiny sort of rich green leaf that I think people love. And also, I'm just looking at the monstera that Sasha has in his um house at the moment and see that shade that it's throwing on the door on the white door. Yeah, I think that's what people love as well is the the shadows that it's um throwing. <laughs> actually, yeah. actually, your uh, monkey face as well on the other side is throwing a really nice shadow too. <laughs> Yeah, I have way too many plants, way too many monsters in my house. If you haven't, <laughs> men- uh, if you haven't picked up on okay, that. Okay, sorry for the noise. The little potato called, um, well, not little, a big potato called Rosie the dog just came to say hi to me. Rosie, can you please go back on your bed? Come on. We should show her to the audience at some point. Yes. She's a potato. Um, but yeah, I think one of the things why it's so popular is that the leaves bring an element of nature and vibrant green colors to clothing and make them popular choice for summer and tropical themed outfits. Mm. Uh, it is highly popular in home decors. Actually, talking about fashion, I have seen a lot of earrings, pins, and necklaces with monstera print mm. on it, mm-hmm. which is, yeah. I have no idea how many people just have that and have not even realized that it's there. Mm. Um, in home decor, monster plants are often used as indoor plants, bringing an element of tropical greenery to living spaces. Yeah, I guess people love it as well, is because it's kind of like it's a survivor plant. It's very difficult to kill. You just literally water it and give it a bit of a fertilizer. Now Unless and then. you completely overwater it or underwater it. Yeah. Yeah, it is used excessively in wall art, as in prints, posters, and paintings. It's essentially like a very very influential, I would say. Mm. Very typical for tropical expression. Yeah. Um, it's a lot mentioned a lot in graphic designs, logos, branding, marketing. Yeah. You will start to notice it after this. Oh, honestly, um, I feel like you didn't need to start. You just keep noticing it, yeah. And tattoos. <laughs> yeah, exhibit A is just there. <laughs> exhibit A is me. Yeah. Um, 
I think why is it so it was so popular and just taken world by storm ever since the first introduction is as we have discussed prior it's bringing the nature indoors mm. and with increasing urbanization of modern life people are finding themselves a bit more disconnected from nature um but so. also plants are becoming fashionable as uh, again because like back in the 80s 90s house plants especially having like a massive house plant in your corner was quite in fashion and that mm. that is coming back i mean just let's just admit that fashion is very cyclical yeah thing. absolutely it just repeats itself every yeah. 30 years so whatever we have considered being grainy-ish like in 70s I mean, look, look at both of us we are wearing flannel shirts and i'm pretty sure it was like in fashion i don't know back in i don't know what years i am <laughs> like i don't follow lumberjack days <laughs> yeah i i don't follow fashion like at all um so i can't tell you i just wear what i like and what feels comfy but yeah I think incorporating elements of nature, like monstera plants, into design and decor and other parts just creates a calming and refreshing atmosphere. Mm. I am surprised that you did... finish the bottle? Well, that as well. <laughs> Actually, no, I'm not surprised. <laughs> um, and also, I still have a lot of wine in my glass, so we haven't finished it yet. Anyway, I'm surprised that you did not talk about Audrey. Because when oh, I yes, was, I forgot to man, I forgot to Google about Audrey, but I can talk about her for days. Well, I was just googling for people, for people who don't know what is Audrey, Sasha. I just wanted to say that I was googling um, the plants in pop culture, and like that's the first thing. The first thing that comes up is Audrey from Little Shop of Horrors. Little Shop, Little Shop of Horrors. Like the soundtrack is amazing. The production, like. Even if you're going to go to the shittiest production of Little Shop of Horrors, just go there. It's going to be amazing. It's going to take you there. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so that plant keeps popping up. And obviously it is inspired by uh, Venus Flytrap. What I found interesting as well is in the Hogwarts Legacy, there is a plant, I, th- I think it's called Venomous Tententula. I think. Tarantula. <laughs> I think tentential, but please, like, don't throw stones at me if I didn't get it correctly. Because, like, I play a lot of it, but I rarely read the text on the game. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, that's it. Actually, like, speeds like spikes at you, I think. But it kind of looks like um the Venus flytrap as well. And a lot of like men eating plants are actually Venus trap. <laughs> like it traps your Venus. Yeah. Uh, Elbow. Elbow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I, I found it interesting because a lot of men eating plants are actually inspired by Venus Flytrap in different uh, movies, series, games, and universes, I guess. Yeah. But yeah, um, Audrey, Audrey 2 is actually in the Little Shop of Horrors. Audrey 2, it's not Audrey, it's Audrey 2, mm-hmm. uh, is the plant that was named after a crush Husband. of the guy. Oh, okay. The guy, guy have discovered the plant and he called it Audrey 2. As in O of his crush, Audrey. The, uh, the, the plant ate him, didn't it? <laughs> the plant ate everybody, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> and okay. took over the world, essentially. Uh, in the productions that I usually uh, that I usually described on TV or online, usually it is a puppet that is on a hand. I was lucky enough to attend the production where Audrey 2 was represented or rather embodied by a drag queen oh that's cool that was awesome it, it essentially just imagine 
Ursula in a pot. That was Audrey too. Isn't Ursula the um, stand-up sea comedian? Witch. Ursula oh, so is sea witch. Okay. Oh, <laughs> I would love to see that. Oh, that was fun. Yeah, I think the show finished, hasn't it? Yeah, it, it finished a year ago, unfortunately. Mm. But yeah, I think the guys who have done the production in Christchurch, that was awesome job. Yeah, so if you guys think of any other plants from pop culture, from games or from TV series, please go to our Instagram and join the discussion in the comments um, section. Yeah, whatever we haven't mentioned, just throw it at us. Yeah, and I think on that lovely note, we will finish this episode. That's a wrap on Two Tipsy Plants. Thank you for getting tipsy with us today and joining in on our plant-loving shenanigans. We hope we've inspired you to grab a glass of wine and give your leafy friends some extra love. If you would like to help our podcast, feel free to follow us so you don't miss out on our next wild and tipsy adventure. And don't forget to spread the word. Keep it green. And keep it tipsy. 